Greetings. My name is Linda Talaferro, and this is the Being Brown at Work podcast. I help Black and Brown female professionals confidently and expertly navigate the corporate world so that they can reach new career heights and establish their seat at the table. So whether you're kicking off a new career, leaning in a new direction, or looking to climb the corporate ladder within your current job, I'm here to propel your career forward by giving you an insider's look at cultivating an executive mindset, creating leadership opportunities, establishing an executive presence, and more. So join me every week as I guide you towards becoming a leader in the corporate world and show you how to step into your true power and potential. Greetings. It is Being Brown Live, the podcast. And those of you that follow me, I know I say this every Tuesday because I'm excited every Tuesday at 630. And the excitement never ends, especially when I have such the privilege to introduce to you another fabulous woman in my network. And this woman I met at Meritor just several years ago. We actually had an opportunity to travel together to China and, uh, you know, just connect it. And when I read this bio, you're going to clearly understand why I had to have her on the podcast. And I'm so honored. So let's just get right into it. So this is in April Miller Boyce. I'd like to introduce you all to April Miller Boyce. She's an accomplished C-suite executive, corporate board member with 25 years experience working with companies in a variety of industries, including aerospace, electrical products and services, financial services, commercial transportation, automotive, mining, and oil and gas. She has a deep understanding of conducting business across borders and building effective teams despite language and cultural differences. She has extensive experience structuring, leading, and negotiating strategic investments, including mergers and acquisitions and joint ventures around the globe for multinational companies and addressing international challenges, particularly in China, Brazil, Europe, India, the Philippines, and Australia. Ms. Boyce serves on the board of directors for the Federal Home Loan Bank of Cincinnati, a $90 billion wholesale bank providing financial services and liquidity for residential housing and economic development to the financial institutions in the Federal Home Loan Bank System's 5th District. Additionally, Ms. Boyce is the chief legal officer at Eaton, a $20 billion New York stock exchange company that provides sustainable solutions to help its customers manage electrical, hydraulic, and mechanical power more safely, efficiently, and reliably. As a member of the executive team, she is actively engaged in all aspects of the company's business, including developing and implementing strategic initiatives through investment in digital technologies, mergers, acquisitions, joint ventures, other adjacencies. Ms. Boyce's global responsibility for the legal compliance and corporate governance matters and manages enterprise-wide risks. She has significant international experience and manages teams based around the world in development and merging markets. 
Ms. Boyce has deep boardroom experience, and in addition to her role as a corporate director, she has been a key member of the C-suite for four different multi-billion dollar revenue companies, each operating in dynamic end markets around the world and experiencing significant organizational transformation. Previously, Ms. Boyce practiced on Wall Street, later led the largest office of Amlaw 200 Law Firm as managing partner and was a member of the firm's eight-person executive committee. She effectively drove new strategic thinking regarding revenue and profit models during a period of significant industry change and market disruption. Additionally, she was the firm's hiring partner, responsible for bolt-on acquisition and growing firm revenue by recruiting and integrating profitable practices. Ms. Boyce was previously the chair of the firm's private equity group and a founder and chair of its highly acclaimed Women's Initiative. Ms. Boyce received a Bachelor's of Business Administration from the University of Michigan Business School, Magnum Coulot, Go Blue, where she studied accounting, and a Juris Doctorate from the University of Chicago Law School. She also completed an executive program in corporate strategy at the Booth School of Business at the University of Chicago and was a German Marshall Fellow. Ms. Boyce is passionate about the role of women in society. She helped build a house on an all-woman crew with Habitat for Humanity and led an executive women's tour group to the United Arab Emirates with stops in Dubai and Abu Dhabi to learn about the role of women in Islamic countries. Wow. Okay, so I, had I just no had no just... idea you were going to read that whole thing. Where did you even get that? <laughs> I, that I have my sources. I have my surf. It was, but I had, you know, I had to, I had to read it, April, and I had to stop there because the whole purpose. And you and I have talked about this when, when we met at Meritor and traveled together. And my whole purpose of of starting the tea and being brown lives, I needed other brown and black women to know what's possible. And so, and you're representative of what's possible. So I had to read the long version. It's, it's, it's wonderful to do that. So they, these women that we're going to be speaking to tonight clearly can see that with what you're about to talk about around authenticity, that you can be a black woman and kill it out here in the corporate space. So, so let's talk about that. Let's, let's get into, get into that right now. Um, when you and I, and I appreciate that you're doing this. Linda, number one, thank you for having me. I appreciate that you're doing this because I do think these conversations are so important. So I love that you have this podcast and that you're focusing on black and brown women, because I do think we need to have these conversations as a community. So I'm glad you're doing this. Oh, thank you, April. Thank you. Thank you so much. When we initially got together and had the discovery call and talked about what would be a good subject for you to share, uh, this became immediately that subject because you, you gave, you shared with me some practical experiences of people that you've either mentored, encountered, and even yourself throughout your career. So, you know, what I'd like to start with and open up this discussion, April, is, you know, a lot of women that I come across often say, you know, I'm in corporate America, Linda, you know, you don't quite understand. Yes, you've got 30 plus years of experience, uh, but, you know, you can't show up authentically. I can't come in to work who I am day to day, you know, be it April or Linda. You know, we have to put on this facade if we're going to be respected, if we're going to be taken seriously. I can't be who I am. So, you know, why am I on this journey? Because it's 
the, the, the playing field isn't fair because I can't be authentic. What would you say to that, April, as, as we open this conversation? Yeah, I think it's a fair question. Um, I will say, you know, there's authentic home and there's authentic work, right? I mean, who we are at home is not necessarily exactly who we're going to be at work. And I think that's true for everyone. Um, I will also say, though, and I say this to my team a lot, that our people create the culture, right? Mm. And so you have to be thoughtful about what's my corporate culture or my work culture and how do I fit into that culture, but also how do I drive that culture? So really the culture is just all about the people that are there. And so, um, you know, you're not going to just, depending on the work environment that you're working in. So I'm going to assume, you know, for the sake of our discussion, that it's a business environment and that it's business attire or even business casual, mm-hmm. right? But that means you're not going to show up in flip flops and, you know, a scarf on your head and mm-hmm. shorts. And so if you just take that to the extreme, think about that for all of your behavior, right? And so there's a balance. We absolutely want to be able to be our authentic self as Black women in the workforce and in our corporate environment. But we also have to acknowledge that there is a corporate environment, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to dress the part and look the part um, and make sure that we can fit in. Fit in does not mean blending in and it doesn't mean giving up who you are or coming to work as somebody different, right? So there are, you know, certainly things that you would do that are authentically you that you would do at home and that you might do on the weekend, but that really are not appropriate for work. But we also have to know, I think we as Black women want to make sure, particularly Black and Brown women leaders, that we Mm -hmm. are driving and creating cultures where people who may be different than the majority of our employees feel like they can be their authentic selves and that they do fit in and that their authentic self is acceptable. Right. And so sometimes we, you hear about these conversations where people will say, we want to have a diverse culture and, you know, we, we embrace diversity, but then somebody comes to interview at their organization and they'll say, "Mm, they just didn't fit in. They weren't really Mm -hmm. a a good fit. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have to be really careful. We need to unpack that and understand What does that mean they weren't a good fit, right? Because diversity is not really having people who are just like us, but they just look different, right? If they have all the same experiences and they live in the same neighborhood and, you know, they've done, they've gone to all the same schools, they just happen to be black or brown. It's not really diversity. We just thinking that we have some diversity, but we're not really, we're not really getting to where we need to be. No, yeah, and that's extremely important. And April, you just mentioned something that, you know, I'd love for you to kind of unpack as you say a little bit. You said black and brown leaders. So those of us that are in managerial roles, and I would even, and I often say to my audience, even if you're not leading a major team, you could be leading a major initiative. So you're considered a leader, how you you show up and how you get things done. What would you offer to them? Or maybe share, how do you drive the culture within your team that allows the inclusion and the belonging to take place? Because that's really what you're talking about. Absolutely. And so it's in it's in our talk and it's in our actions. Right. And so part Mm. of it is how I talk to my global team about, again, driving the culture. Right. What is our culture? How would we define it? And how do we drive the culture? Right. If we don't like our culture, that's our fault and our responsibility, because as leaders and even as individual contributors, we need to be driving that culture. So we need to really be a part of that. It's in what we do, 
but it's also in our actions, right? And so one of the reasons I have loved being in global environments or global organizations is because you can absolutely see the difference from region to region and country to country and city to city of what that culture is, right? And so it really, I think, forces you to really think about those differences and appreciate those differences, right? I mean, as opposed to just kind of looking at the U.S. and looking at, you know, perhaps your colleagues in the U.S. who look different, but maybe you would think their cultures are similar. If you're forced to go into another country where clearly the people look different perhaps, but they also really have a different culture, it makes you step back and think about why it's okay and also really important to understand those differences and to accept them and make them a part of the, you know, your broader team. Right, right, exactly. So if we if we take a look at at ourselves, uh, black and brown women, as we're trying to navigate this corporate climb, this journey in our careers, and and aspiring to have more uh, and to do more and to grow, uh, what would you say to uh, those black and brown women that say, you know what? I mean, I have no control. I have no authority. I mean, you know this this or the things just aren't set up for me to come in, even even if I do understand the culture, even if I do, uh, you know, get that, you know, although my hair might have braids in it, I'm still dressed properly and it, I still look the part, as you said earlier. But, you know, it's, it's just not set up for me. That, that sure. mindset, what would you say? What would you offer to that mindset? Yeah, so I have a bunch of tips that I often will use when I'm coaching and mentoring, um, you know, young professionals or, you know, people who are just entering the workforce and even more senior people. Um, number one, so I'm very much a glass half full person. And so I don't start with the idea that I'm just not going to be able to do it or I'm not going to be able to make it or I'm not going to be successful. Um, And so, you know, you have to decide how you want to think about what your opportunity is. But I do think you have to be responsible for your own success. It's not Mm. only up to you, but you need to feel like I have some ownership in that. And if you do all the things right and you still fail or you're not as successful as you can could have been, at least, you know, you did the things that you needed to do. So I would say a couple of things. Number one. You need to really define what success looks like for you, right? You need to decide, define that for yourself and start marching towards, you know, those goals uh, mm-hmm. once you really have set them for yourselves. Again, I think you really want to take charge of your career and be very proactive and own that success, but also own your failures, right? Don't blame it on someone else because that's very easy to do. I also would say you want to really think about choosing a work environment that is compatible with your values Mm. and, you know, the things that are important to you. And you can't always tell that from outside of an organization. But once you get there, you need to really try to identify what you like about the organization and whether or not it's somewhere where you can see yourself long term. And sometimes there are just toxic organizations and you're just going to make the decision that this is not the right place for me. But I don't think you can I don't think you can go into a situation where you're saying I would never be successful in any corporate environment because there are absolutely lots of opportunities for us to be successful. We just have to understand how to do that and how to unpack the steps that are necessary in order for us to get there. Um, And one of those, I think, is when you first start out, you know, you're brand new. 
you don't have a lot of experience that you're bringing to the table. Let's just assume you're coming right out of you know college, right? Mm-hmm. So you have your degree and that's fantastic, but you don't have a lot of experience, right? And so you're right. going to these organizations with the idea that they're going to teach you a lot. Your job is really to dig in and learn as much yes. as you can, just soak yeah. it up and to become an expert so that you really are then invaluable to that organization. And it puts you in a very different place in a very different role where you're going to have more opportunities because now you really are selling something that the organization really needs, right? They can see that expertise. So those are some of the things I think about when I'm, you know, coaching um, young professionals or new professionals. Yeah. And I think that is spot on, April, because, you know, I often call that part of your unique, unique persona, your brand, right? What if, what is your zone of genius? And so That's you, it. you need to learn, absorb, and then to your point, execute, start hitting those home runs and, and carving out for yourself that spot of value and right. worth that you bring to the organization that then to your point, they need you and therefore you're selling that and that yeah, helps your career continue to grow. I love that zone of genius. I love, you know, framing it up like that, but that's absolutely right. You need to have something, you know, some amount of expertise mm-hmm. that an organization is really going to look to you for. And you need, you have to develop that expertise that takes time. And then yes. you have to develop a reputation for having that expertise, right? Yes. To your point about brand. And yes. so you have to stay long enough to do those things at an organization. Oh, so very true. So very true. So what I want to also now talk about is uh, also what you and I shared at the beginning when we had the discovery call for this session is the importance of of understanding who came before you, right? So this authentically showing up has a responsibility to it, right? right. Would you say? Absolutely. Uh, who came be- yeah. Who came before you either at that company in that maybe even that specific role? And then also the the impressions, um, lack of better term, maybe legacy that you leave behind for others to follow in uh, when you move on, either up at the same company or move on to a different company. Talk a little bit about that. And I think you even had an experience with uh, a young person uh, that you were working with. So, so share that with our audience. Sure, I'll give that example. But first, I would say um, it is really important. I mean, even just understanding the history and the legacy of your organization and what that um, you know, just what that organizational history looks like, because it's going to give you a baseline to really understand why things happen, why things are mm-hmm. done in a certain way. And mm-hmm. so certainly I think as, as black and brown women, we have different opportunities now than many people in our ancestors or those who came before us, even at these organizations had. And so right. trying to understand what those journeys were. I think um, will be really helpful as you think about your own journey and understanding what their challenges were and what are some of the things they were able to overcome or not. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what did those roadblocks look like and how might you do something differently? Right. Was it a person? Was it a culture? Was it part of the organization? Understanding that can be really valuable. So the example we talked about is I was coaching or actually um, giving a just having a discussion with a young group of summer interns or, or new hires, many of whom had been summer interns. This was actually at an accounting firm. And so they asked me to come over and talk to their class of new hires, you know, right after the summer started. They had, you know, just finished college and had, you know, summered with them the couple years before. 
And um, someone raised their hand and she said, um, and, you know, they were all were in different parts of the accounting organization. And she uh-huh. said, you know, I am the only African-American person in my group. Right. And I, I don't really like that. And, you know, how do you deal with that? You know, how did you deal with that? And so, and, you know, and, and why should I stay basically is kind of where she mm-hmm. was going, right? She's looking forward and thinking, I don't know if there are a lot of opportunities for me. And I said, um, you summered here, right? So you came here, you worked here for two summers, <laughs> you worked in the organization, in this office, you know, you rotated among different groups mm-hmm. and you knew when you were coming in that maybe you didn't know you were going to be the only one, but you knew you weren't going to be the majority. You knew that it was a very small number. So you kind of assumed that risk coming in and you needed to be thinking about how are you going to approach the organization knowing that? And so I don't think she thought enough about, I'm sure she was happy to get the job, right? Great opportunity. But I don't think she thought enough about, okay, so when I get there, what is this going to look like for me? What am I going to do with that? And how do I start to build my allies? If I'm going in thinking I'm the only one, right? Yes. So you know immediately you need to start building building some allies yes. who just don't look like you. It doesn't mean they can't be allies. Exactly. So that powerful. See that, and that's a lot of what we miss. Um, at least I find it a, a consistent missing thread. And you, it, and and I found actually, April. It doesn't matter if you're young, new, new hire, or someone middle career. We miss the importance of relationships, building those relationships, expanding our internal network, and to your point, establishing allyship. I mean, that is very important. And I've got a, I'm going to have a topic on that on, on one other Tuesdays around allyship because it's, it's so very important. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're getting these, these always go so fast. <laughs> so the time just flies by with all this nuggets when I have these, when I have such a wonderful experience with a guest like you. And so we are getting close to, to wrapping up our time. But, but, you know, April, you have, 25 plus years experience. I read uh, your deep background um, globally, multi, multi-billion dollar companies. Uh, what, if anything, could you share with our audience uh, that seems to be continually growing as I'm watching it here? You know, if there's, if there were, if you had to look back, right, and you could, you know, tell yourself, hey, if I had the opportunity to just do things differently, not that I did anything necessarily badly or wrong, but if I could do it slightly differently, uh, or if I could offer to someone, hey, think about this because it was critically important for me and it really worked for me, what would you offer? What would you share? Would there be three to five things that, that you could tell them? Hey, make sure you pay attention to this. Or uh, I, you've already shared one, which I think is beautiful. The I'm a glass half full person too, so I never tell myself I can't do something. I actually loved it when I was told I would never. I was at before I came to the one I'm at now, and it was interesting that like eighteen or I think it was six to eight months after he said that, 
I was offered a vice president role. So, you know, it was just, and then he wanted to try to convince me to stay. I was like, dude, what are you smoking? You just told me I, I couldn't do this. Right. So, so I, so I love that, that piece of uh, that, that beautiful piece of uh, a nugget that you gave, because I do think your perspective is important and your mindset's important. And most, most importantly, what you believe about yourself and your capabilities, right? The worth that you bring, but anything else you could offer as we, uh, work to close this in the next four or five minutes here? Yeah, I would say number one, you kind of started with, you know, not that you did something badly, poorly or made a mistake, but I think we all make mistakes and you are going to make a lot of mistakes and you have to be okay with that. And just because you're making mistakes does not mean you are not going to be successful, Mm. right? And so give yourself grace and learn from whatever those mistakes are, right? And so I think yes. it's really important when we when we look at people who we who we believe are successful that we do really talk about some of the things that they did wrong. Mm. Because I think we all want to know that I have done, you know, I've made all of these mistakes. How can I possibly succeed? So you have to believe yourself that that you've made these mistakes, but you're you're gonna do better and you're gonna learn from them. So I would say two things I think are really important. The first one, and we've talked about these a little bit, but I really want to, I have to really emphasize these. To me, the thing that is most critical for success is that you have to hone your craft. Hmm. You have to hone your craft. You have to be an expert at something that your organization wants. And you cannot do that on day one. It takes days and hours and years. And you have to keep building brick by brick by brick by brick. So you want to just soak in all the opportunities that you can get, all the learning that you can get. At Eaton, we really talk about being a continuous learner. Mm -hmm. And that's true Mm -hmm. for all of us, right? We're always learning. Um, You just, there's no substitute for learning, 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 soaking up all this education opportunities, projects, living abroad, whatever it is, build on those opportunities so that you have something that you are expert at. And then no matter what happens at your organization, you have that expertise to take with you wherever you go. That is what you are selling. So that is critical, but it's not enough, right? I mean, you could be the smartest person in the world and the best scientist or the best lawyer or the best engineer But you have to have the relationships in the EQ part that goes with that, right? So the relationships are as critical. You have to be able to build relationships. Um, It's give and get. Number one, you want to build relationships with people across the organization because you learn a ton about the organization. You may be over here in your legal silo and you have no idea what's going on in operations. You're not going to be a very, you know... um, successful lawyer if you don't understand what the ops team is doing. And so building those relationships across the organization are critical. You're going to get a different perspective on the organization, but you're also going to start to build allies and friends. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to build these uh, relationships. People are going to become your friends. People will be your allies. You'll get great information. You'll support them and they will support you. They will also give you honest and critical feedback. And so to me, you know, I could go on and mention a couple of other things, but those two things, if you hear nothing else, please focus on those two expertise, relationships, relationships. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. And I, you know, I have to tell my audience, I swear everyone, I didn't pay her to say that because I talk, that's what I preach all the time. I preach that. Well, you we're know, on the be, same page. Be, on yes, that. we are. Well, we, we had that connection for sure. Uh, cause I, I preach that all the time. Yes. You, you gotta be good at what you do. Absolutely. But to a certain extent, that's the price of entry. You've got to have the EQ. You've got to have relationships. And I, I say relationships are everything. I often tell a lot of stories about how people advocated for me when I wasn't in the room. But to your point, whispered and told me some things I needed to know and actually did a reflective, maybe put a reflective mirror up so that I could, you know, change that, uh, whatever it was that I needed to brought forward. So April, this has been absolutely fantastic. I, again, thank you so, so, so much for taking time out of your- We could just talk all night, which is what we we did on the plane to China, right? Exactly, which is what we did. You're absolutely right. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for joining me. Either you joined us live or you're catching this on the replay or you're actually um, listening to the podcast episode of this. Um, You know, anything else you'd like to share with me and I could pass it on to April, please pop them in the chat, pop them into the comments, uh, no matter what channel you're watching this on. Again, thanks for joining Being Brown Live and uh, we'll see you next week. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I have so much more to offer you. Book a complimentary call with me at lindatalaferro.com slash free consultation so you can start unapologetically achieving your own professional goals as a woman of color and establish a presence as more than just an employee. Let's go deeper, reach your professional goals, and apply this life-changing work to your career and beyond so you can rock your corporate game and get that seat at the table.